Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician trained in Britain, living in Canada, and who's worked in the U.S., Since retiring from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving. Our topic today is home automation, things family caregivers should think about. Our guests are Terry De Silva and Alan Major. Both are entrepreneurs who create electronic applications for home automation to support caregiving in the home and family caregiving generally. They're both experts not only in the benefits but also in the risks of home automation. Now, first of all, I'll introduce Terry. Terry is an entrepreneur, electronic engineer, inventor, and businessman. He holds a master's degree in electrical and electronic engineering. In 1984, he founded Turtec Enterprises Incorporated to realize and market his ideas, inventions, and innovations, and now... Turtex electronic products are used in North America, China, and Europe. In its local community, Turtex works with local high schools, colleges, and universities to introduce students to topics such as electronics, robotics, computer engineering, databases, and artificial intelligence. Monami, which is trademarked, is Turtec's latest invention. This has the revolutionary potential to impact society by improving the quality of life for seniors, people with handicaps and their family caregivers, and to provide a platform for active aging. Now, Alan, Alan Major is the founder of GoodRobot.com. He's always been interested in how science, technology, and society intersect to shape our future. And over the last 12 years, he's followed this interest directly in his career as a research analyst and writer. Now he's exploring this frontier hands-on by experimenting with sensors, home automation, robotics, and collective intelligence. His current venture uses technology to help people live independently um, with their homes or in their homes by sharing information with family and caregivers. Here's how he describes it. He says, monitoring the activity within within a home, such as when the fridge was last open, allows families to know how their loved one is doing or even alert them to unusual patterns. So, welcome to the show, Terry and Alan. Thank you, God. Thanks. Okay. Now, I'm going to start with Terry, please. Please please do tell us more about your work and what you act- got you actually involved in home automation. Well, Gordon, first and foremost, uh, I'm a passionate engineer, so I like to create things. Artists create things with uh, easels and, and paint, and I create it with electronic software and, and everything else that goes along with it. Um, going back a, a few years, we st- started a project called Mon Ami, which in French means my friend. So in essence, what it is is an electronic uh, companion. So, And in the process of, of building this electronic companion, we recognize the need that uh, Monami should do more than, than the standard uh, support pass, and we needed 
home automation built into it. Home automation is, is a very big word. It, it covers a multitude of sins. But uh, one of the, the aspects of it that, that most people uh, know about is, is controlling devices, uh, like opening uh, shutters and switching on lights, etc. So uh, all of that is fine as long as, as it fits within, the, within a home. The moment there is external data either coming in or going out, there are a lot of dangers. And uh, as you are aware, we, uh, we jointly, the three of us, have, uh, have created, under your guidance, Gordon, the uh, guideline, which we are going to refer to from time to time. And this guideline is, uh, is a very, very important and a fundamental aspect of, of what we think uh, home automation should use as a reference point. Great. Now, we'll, as you said, we'll come back to the idea of the guideline. But first, I'd like to ask, Alan, please, you tell us more about your work and what got you involved in home automation. Well, I, I guess the best way to... Um to talk about is to describe myself as a a bit of a geek at heart. I'm I, I'm a fan of uh, technology transformation. Uh, anything where I can get involved in the technology, the the automation, the sensors, the robotics uh, that that help to extend uh, human capabilities. That's that's really uh, what I'm interested in, and, and I believe that technology really does offer some exciting ways to extend ourselves and our sensors, and that's true whether uh, we're talking about uh, eyeglasses, for example, that improve our vision. Uh, you know, these advanced artificial limbs that, you know, using the latest robotics allow you to reach out and grab objects, or even whether it's as, as simple as the car that we use driving back and forth on our daily commute. All of these technologies uh, Im- improve uh, our capabilities. And so that's really the lens that I, I used for the last uh, 11 years as a technology, you know, analyst and, and writer. You know, focusing right. on that kind of aspect of technology. And after so many years of, uh, you know, this kind of research and writing about technology, I really wanted to shift gears and be more of a, uh, um, I, I guess, a, you know, a, a builder of technology rather than just an observer. And uh, uh, then, then I combined this with the fact that m- both my spouse, and my mother have worked in healthcare or healthcare-related fields, and so I had awareness of some of these issues. So. It was really a natural uh, marriage between my interest in technology and uh, I think some of the, the challenges and, and opportunities to use it uh, for uh, caregiving. And so for the last year and a half, I've, I've really worked on developing a, a home automation and monitoring system that uh, can assist with elderly care. And uh, I, I think that, you know, these kinds of home automation tools like that produce a, a smarter home can make homes not only kind of more livable and accessible, but also help to uh, connect uh, caregivers uh, from afar as well. Right. Terry, you mentioned this family caregiver guideline, um, which is aimed at helping family caregivers who are considering home automation for their loved ones. Terry, why do you think it's needed, this guideline? Well, Gordon, for the past five years, we've been working on Monami and uh, uh, building uh, systems around it to increase its capacity to help people from all walks of life. In that process, especially in the home automation or uh, in the uh, level where where data is uh, sent back and forth, we have recognized that there are many, many pitfalls, traps, that uh, people uh, on the outside misuse. And we are all, you know, kind of familiar with that spam, uh, phishing, uh, viruses, malware. I mean, if, if you have a, an email client, as simple as that, you're beset with, with those uh, plagues. So that just shows you how, what a big problem we, we have. One important factor that uh, people say, oh, it's my computer. It's always my computer that, that, that is causing these viruses, etc. However, let's, uh, there's an old expression in English that says, guns do not kill people. People do. So uh, what, what I'm really saying here with is, is that it isn't the technology that, that is at fault. It is the people who misuse 
or uh, find gaps in the technology that uh, attack the uh, unsuspecting or the people who, who don't have, have the technical knowledge and the background. Therefore, right. it is of utmost importance to, to have a guideline that the people who build home automation systems and the people who purchase it and people in the, uh, who are responsible for, for the security and the welfare uh, of the citizens have uh, defined standard by, by which they can benchmark the applications and the equipment and, the, uh, and verify that everything meets certain standards. We're going to come back to all of those points, Terry. Thanks for making them so clear. Now, Alan, how do you see the family caregiver guideline helping family caregivers who are thinking about home automation for their loved ones? How will it help them? Well, I think home automation is, is really uh, a tool for caregivers. And so like any tool, uh, you want to ensure that it's used properly. And that's doubly important when the tool is used to um, help some of that you love or and, and especially when that person is in a potentially uh, vulnerable situation. So it, that's where it's really helpful, I think, to have some guidelines. And because caregiving involves... Uh, all kinds of, uh, you know, sensitive personal issues, whether it's, you know, your freedom, your, your ability to make decisions, uh, questions about, you know, dignity and privacy, all of those uh, things come to the fore. And there's a lot of trust and responsibility that gets placed in the hands of a caregiver. So I think, uh, you know, home automation, because it's an extension of ourselves, um, we, we have to treat that responsibility uh, carefully. And, and a home automation system can actually magnify some of these issues because there's a lot of difficult and sometimes unspoken issues that, that a home automation system or any other kind of tool that you bring into a home Suddenly, these things become explicit and obvious. So, for example, you know they 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 communicate the fact that maybe you're worried about you know the the safety of somebody uh, in their own home. It, it communicates the fact that you know maybe I'm not so sure that um, they're able to look after themselves at the way that they they used to, or even I may be being told that you know a relative uh, that I'm looking after is okay, but you know you almost want assurances that they're they're okay on a daily. Uh, basis. So it raises a lot of difficult questions. And I think a guideline gives a structured way to uh, understand and communicate and work through some of these, you know, challenges or opportunities offered by the home automation system, uh, while at the same time really, you know, re respecting and kind of ensuring that it's used uh, safely and appropriately in a way that reflects, you know, uh, someone's safety, dignity, and, and, and privacy of the person they're caring for. Great. Um, now, we have to pay our rent. It is time for us to take the short break. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guests are Terry De Silva and Alan Major. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you a single parent trying to create the balance between home life and work life? You may be running a successful business, but how are your relationships with your family and children? If you're one of the thousands of people trying to juggle it all, tune in to Straight Up with Chris. Real talk on business and parenthood. Hosted by Chris FSU. Chris is the portrait of the success story. Coming to the U.S. with no language skills, founding and growing several businesses while raising his daughter from age 7 to adulthood as a single dad. Listen every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. So are you connected to the meaning of your life? Are your relationships and career satisfying and fulfilling? How about your parenting? Are you feeling some challenges there? Listen for He Said, She Said every week with husband and wife, Jonathan Nadelman and Carrie Dino. In addition to being married and the parents of a spirited daughter, Carrie and Jonathan share over 40 years of clinical experience as psychotherapists and want to hear all about the challenges you're facing. He Said, She Said airs live Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. 
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Terry DeSilva and Alan Major. Our topic is Home Automation Things family caregivers should think about. So let's talk more about home automation and its benefits and its problems. So let's, Alan, ask you, just say more, please, about what home automation really is and the kind of benefits that family caregivers should be looking at in a situation where, for example, the person, their loved one, isn't actually living in the same house as the family caregivers, but somewhere distant. So what does it all mean for them in that kind of situation? Alan? Well, the way I I like to think about it is really that our homes uh, overall are becoming smarter. Uh, You know, home automation... Is, is, is already here in, a, in small ways. Every home has a bit of smarts in it. So, you know, your thermostat that helps you adjust or maintain the temperature of your home or, you know, smoke detectors, security alarms, uh, whether it's a, a garage door opener or, um, you know, one of these motion sensor lights that you might have outside. All, all of these systems are automation. And so they, they really do three things. They, they sense and collect information about the conditions in our homes. They, they make decisions, uh, you know, based on that information and then they take action and they respond automatically to the situation that they've detected. So uh, a smart home or a, a home, auto, you know, a home that's, you know, automated is really, you know, part of a system that responds intelligently. It, it uh, senses conditions, it makes decisions and it takes actions. And now, while that could be like a smoke detector or something simple like a thermostat, it can also be like a lot fancier, like a system that automatically turns on your lights, plays background music, or uh, adjusts the thermostat, you know, the minute that you walk into your house. But these same types of home automation systems, they can be really useful uh, for, for caregiving as well. Uh, one of the things that they, they do really well is, is they make your house safer. So, you know, you can have a switch by your bedside that uh, automatically lights your entire path uh, to the bathroom at night. Or um, it can automatically turn uh, a stove off if it's left uh, unattended, as well as some of the, you know, kind of the more basic things. You know, it's like, you know, it can sense flooding or fire or security, you know, issues uh, within a home. Um, but another thing is because these homes are smart and they've, they've got sensors that are, you know, watching and listening to the activity that's going on, they can share that information uh, locally within the home or they can share it with a, a caregiver, you know, halfway around uh, the world. So, you know, if you're actually in a home as a caregiver, maybe... Uh, somebody with uh, your your spouse has dementia, for example, you can use things like exit notifications. You you get an uh, an audible alert whenever a door uh, you know gets opened, for example. That can be extremely useful. Um, right. Or yeah. And I'm I'm just going to stop you there because I just want to go to Terry now. Um, you know there is a tyranny of time in broadcasting, which I've learned, and I'm afraid I have to interrupt from time to time. Terry, what are the main problems that home automation can create for family caregivers and their loved ones? Terry? Yes, uh, Gordon. Uh, Alan was just uh, starting up on on the fact that, and I'll just continue his train of thought because it is germane to what we are talking. Uh, The moment data, the moment you have connectivity outside the home, that's when, when the problems take place. When, when, the, when the lights are, are in the home and, and uh, uh, the path opens up at night when, uh, when you're going to the washroom, that, that's not a problem. But the moment there's, co- there's communication that takes place from inside the house to outside and vice versa, that's where all the problems take place. Okay. Uh, the issue is that there are many 
people out there that are vicious, who, who will do their best to, to come in and, and uh, steal in, uh, in more ways than one. So one has got to preserve the dignity and, and the security and the safety of what's going on. Take, for example, if there's a camera in, inside the home. Uh, it is absolutely wonderful for, for uh, a caregiver from the outside to, to view, uh, to see that, that the person being looked after is, is safe. But unless proper precautions are taken, uh, have taken place, there are crooks out, out there who would misuse that information, A, to find out if the person is alone, to, uh, B, to, to create problems. You know, just think about, you know, simple home, home automation. Uh, in the past, when there were cheaper uh, garage door openers, you could open up your, garage, uh, your neighbor's garage if you found the right code. S- similar to that, uh, the infrastructure that the cameras, etc., have have become better, but they're not perfect. So the big problem that, that we have is unless there is a technically uh, competent person installing and who is aware of of, the, of things like the guideline that, that we are discussing, they might not put in, in the right factors to ensure the privacy, security, dignity, and all the other things that are important to prevent outsiders from attacking the home. Right. Now, Alan, this guideline that we're talking about, um, it obviously, as you both said, it's intended as a source of information for family caregivers. But that raises the question of where do family caregivers now, before the guideline comes out, where now do they look for independent information when they want to consider the benefits of home automation? Alan? Well, I think the key word that you use there is, is independent. And, uh, you know, I've, I've looked, you know, just be, because uh, of my background as a researcher, you know, for a lot of objective information on, uh, you know, data. And, and it, it is out there. But uh, the unfortunate thing is it's not all that simple to, to find. And um, I, I guess the problem is that, on the other hand, um, you know, Advertising, uh, you know, is something where that's very easy to find. In fact, we're bombarded with it, and I don't know the extent to which you know our view of care, you know, caregiving technology is kind of influenced or shaped by that. But I suspect it's more than we like. So there's really a definite need for an objective source of information that's very easily accessible uh, to us. And uh, the the research points to. The, the fact that most people, when they're seeking uh, this kind of information, they, they do turn to uh, primarily uh, a health provider. Uh, you know, I think you know, nearly a third of people say that that's the most important source of this kind of data. You know, when they're, you know, they want to talk to doctors, they want to talk to nurses, they want to talk to um, social workers who can give them access to this kind of information. A lot of people also go out and they, um, you know, just find it themselves on the internet. Um, and then the third, third most common source is family, friends, and other caregivers. So I think, you know, a guideline is is a very helpful addition to all of those. Uh, three channels. It can sort of inform health professionals um, as an ex- objective source of information. Uh, it can be accessible directly to people who want to search for it over the internet, or you know, once they found it, they can actually share it with you know uh, family, friends, or other other caregivers as well. Right, Terry. Where now do family caregivers look for independent information when they want to or are looking for? information that will help them consider the problems of home automation? Well, the newspapers, TVs are, are full of, of, uh, of the problems. They, they do not necessarily give uh, solutions, nor do they give you guidelines, nor do they give you uh, any, any of the methodologies that, that are used to, to prevent such problems from taking place. I mean, you only have to open up uh, a newspaper uh, and, and you'll see, a, you know, that this person got scammed or, or this person's credit card got misused or identity theft, all of those. I mean, these are, are very, very common problems of our time. Uh, what, what is happening here is we are uh, together creating this, this guideline, and we believe that uh, people should, should go to... Uh, certified groups, like Alan men- mentioned, uh, the healthcare uh, groups, 
but in particular, people who, who are focused in, on bringing good, good to their family caregivers. In, in this particular case, the Canadian Centre for Family Caregiving would be an ideal place because I don't think it is biased. I, I believe that what, what we are doing is, is we are doing it for the good of the community. So we don't have an axe to grind. So, and if you take a look at, at the guidelines, you, would, you will see that, that it is uh, meant for a whole group of, of people that would benefit from, from it. That's very interesting, Terry, and I'd just like to take it back to Alan. You know, both you stressed independence, and Terry is really stressing the same thing, but it also has to be independence among people who have expertise, knowledge, and genuinely can talk in, uh, the word is authoritatively, I suppose, on benefits and risks. So in that sense, it's a matter for experts, but they have to be doing something other than merely promoting a particular, uh, a particular sort of application or a particular device. Now, Alan first and then Terry, just very quickly, do you agree with what I just said or have I gone a bit too far? Alan? No, I, I think that makes a, a lot of sense. I, there, there, there is... Um you know, the kind of the, uh, you know, health expertise that's really important, but there's also some technical expertise as well. And so when you want, you know, an objective picture, you, you want that complete picture. Right. Terry, what do you think? I agree with both of you. Uh, I believe that uh, we have dif- different domains of knowledge. The healthcare uh, people are looking after the health and, and well-being of, of the people that they are look- uh, looking after. Uh, the technical world is, is a totally different domain, and, and unfortunately, it, it does not always look after the well-being. It, it looks after the well-being of the technology. So it becomes important to, to have uh, a body that is looking after both sides of the coin. Right. And that's the aim, we hope, of the guideline. Now, again, I'm afraid we have to pay our rent. This is the short break time. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, and my guests are Terry De Silva and Alan Major. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What does a visual workplace mean to you? How does it contribute to operational excellence? And what steps do you take to put it powerfully in place? Listen to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense to find out. Each week, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, shares tools and strategies to help you make the workplace to speak at a glance without saying a word. Learn to work safer, faster, better, and at far less cost no matter what business you're in. Tune in to The Visual Workplace every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. If you want to understand more about your health, sexuality, and so much more, tune in to Hot and Healthy Sex Radio with host Jenny Friend. Jenny will look at sex and sexuality from a practical, scientific, and human perspective, explaining not just the how, but the why. We want to hear from you, too. Tune in to Hot and Healthy Sex Radio, live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. That's noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. It's good for your health, your sex life, and your well-being. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Terry De Silva and Alan Major. Our topic is home automation, things family caregivers should think about. Now, let's explore the risks of home automation that the family care 
guideline will particularly help family caregivers understand. So, Alan, first of all, we're all agreed that the family care guideline will cover at least some of the most important risks that home automation brings to family caregivers and their loved ones. So what are those most important risks, do you think? Well, Terry's covered a lot of them, particularly uh, some of the risks uh, in which information could be misused or, in a, a, you know, somebody outside of the home or outside of the caregiving situation might want to access it. Um, but I guess there's uh, other limitations as well, and I, I think it's like any tool. It's It's got its risks, it's got its limitations, and the kind of tasks that it is or it isn't suited to. So it's important that it uh, gets used properly. And so if I put myself in the shoes of, of someone who is, uh, you know, maybe dependent on a caregiver, I, I, I think there's three main areas that I'd, I'd, I'd probably care the most about. And the first is that a system should work um, safely and reliably. Uh, it should send information when it's designed to or turn things on and off when it's supposed to. And the, the risk mitigation should be in proportion to the sensitivity of the task or the potential harm about it. And, you know, on one level, it's, it's not a big deal if a, a burned-out light bulb prevents a, a light from turning on. But it's a much bigger deal if um, my smoke alarm system uh, didn't detect uh, a fire. Uh, and, and I think as these systems get more sophisticated and uh, they're, you know, designed to address more sensitive tasks, the potential for harm also increases. So a, a really good example of that was um, uh, in Alberta uh, where nurses actually incorrectly dispensed, they programmed a machine to dispense four days' worth of cancer medication in only four hours, and, and, it, and it killed the patient. So, you know, we have to be very, very careful of the way we start to use these automated systems. Uh, I think the second thing uh, is is privacy and dignity. We have to ask, you know, does the system share more information than I want it to? Like, who gets to see that information? And the uh, the, the issue of control and consent is extremely important. Does it reflect, you know, what my wishes are? Does it respect, you know, um, you know what I would like to happen? And so I think, you know, the, the bottom line uh, or the acid test for, for this, this issue is really does it, does it empower rather than, than, than limit the person that, that is, is, is using the system? And then the last thing um, is, is over-reliance. I think a lot of these systems, they're a complement for care, not, not a substitute. And so you don't want to overuse it. And, you know, while I, I really love uh, computers and technology, we gotta, I, you know, I'm, I'm careful not to overly rely on them. And, uh, you know, as smart as computers are today, you know, they're the world's greatest chess players. And, you know, anyone who uses a computer on a daily basis knows that in many areas they still lack uh, common sense. So I think, you know, the, the best care and attention and insight is is always going to be by a person. Got it. Terry, what are the most important ways that the risks of home automation can be prevented or minimized? In other words, what are the, if you like, solutions to the risk problems? Terry? Yes, thank you, Gordon. The, uh, there are several. It, uh, looks, first, we've got to examine what kind of, of data is being transmitted or, re- or received. If it's uh, video, one, one has got to uh, ensure that, that, first and foremost, there's consent. Uh, number two, uh, and that that there are windows and that is not on all the time, and it is that there is a certain amount of, of password protection. The channels on which it comes should be encrypted. If it is uh, data, then then the information itself has has got to be encrypted very securely. Uh, one has got to be cognizant as to where it is going to be stored, how long it is going to be stored. Just uh, as an example, uh, when, when somebody goes and, and puts a, a stupid comment up on Facebook, what one does not realize is that it is there forever. Once it leaves you, you have no more control of it. it uh, you can't delete it. You can't do anything because the backup servers back up the backup servers, which back up the backup servers. So how are you going to trace where, where the data is, is going? So... For us home automation people, we've got to ensure that the information that, that goes out is not only encrypted but has, has got a time to live after which it, it uh, kind of implodes. Um, right. The uh, other, uh, other aspect about it is, is to, to send the data anonymously. That is, there are no particular uh, identifiers saying that this is, you know, Terry DeSilva's information because that can be misused. 
However, if they gave me a, an account number, that would, would be permissible. So uh, then the other part about it is that, is that collection of the information uh, has to ha- come in with the consent of the people whose information is being collected. Uh, other p- parts about it is sharing that information. Sharing information is, is a big danger by itself because when, when you're taking that in- information and, and there are people who, t- who take that information and sell it and, and make a lot of money, and again, the, the issue of anonymity is, is a, an important factor there. So right. overall, one has, has got to uh, weigh all these factors in, in, into the equation and, and see that there is a checklist that, will, that uh, the organization or the installer or the, the family member who's, who's having this installed has got as a reference and follows through. Right. Now, Alan, um, the... We've been talking about some pretty complicated stuff, but family caregivers themselves, what can they do to minimize the risks of home automation? What can they do? Well, I guess that one of the most useful things a, a person can do is sort of put, put yourself in the shoes of the uh, person that you're caring for and a- ask what they would want. Um, you know, I, 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 I really think the, the golden rule is the way I, I like to think about this. And uh, the best way to do that is to actually, you know, try it yourself. And I, I've been living with, you know, in my home with a home automation system for some time now. And, and just doing that has, has taught me a lot about the kind of data that I'm personally uh, comfortable with, with sharing publicly. So, you know, for example, I, I, it's not a big issue for me uh, personally to, to share, you know, the fact that I, my fridge opens 31 times a day or, you know, lights going and coming and going and, uh, you know, motion sensors and even my plumbing. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, everyone, you know, draws a line somewhere. You know, a lot of people don't want a motion sensor in their bedroom or other kinds of, you know, you know data that they consider more private. And so getting a sense of what uh, you as an individual are, are more com- most comfortable with sharing, I think, gives a, a better idea of you know how how that kind of data should be used, and that's where I think you know discussing it uh, with the person that you're caring for, especially in you know uh, hypothetical terms, well in advance of you know when you might actually purchase or use a system, is so important because you need to know how they feel about it, uh, you know the perception of the trade-offs, maybe some of the benefits, and what kind of data uh, and information that they can consider private, because that makes you better equipped uh, to make those kinds of decisions when the, the, the time comes. It's, it's not, you know, about uh, guesswork. And it, it does vary dramatically by individual, so you need to under, you know, under, understand what their wishes are. Right. And, oh. I'm just going to go to, sorry, keep doing this to you, but I'm going to go to Terry. Uh, just to ask this question, makers and suppliers, because he's a maker and a supplier, uh, and there are a lot of them around. What can they do um, to minimize the risks of home automation? What are their responsibilities, do you, th- do you consider? Gordon, the problem with home automation uh, is that there is, no certific- uh, there is no certification for the types of problems that we are talking about. There's, uh, you know, electrical certification, there is FCC for certification, radio frequency <laughs> certification, but nothing that, that affects the privacy and 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 the protection of, of the people where this equipment is, is going to be put in. So what we need to do is have a set of standards, and when the buyer goes in, caveat emptor, buyer be, be, be aware. So when the buyer goes in, he has got a set of guidelines to say, have you met this, have you met this, have you met this? Uh, and if it's, let's say, a PC-based system, Ensure that the firewalls are in place. Ensure, uh, look at the rules of, of those firewalls. And, uh, ensure that, that uh, when it is tracking a, a, a person or, or, you know, when how many times the fridge door has been opened, that uh, should it be sent out, should it not be sent out, what, what is valuable information, what is invaluable information. And like Alan says, one has got to use common sense, which is not common, but a common sense <laughs> to, to look at w- what information makes sense and how it is packetized, how, how it is encrypted. And uh, we believe that the uh, guidelines would form the basis by which the, this examination could take place in lieu of, of having a, a standard, in, in lieu of having a body like CSA, which 
at this point in time may not have the expertise to, to take care of this set of problems. Uh, and then a further one, uh, further connection to that would be having the Commissioner of Privacy, the police, etc., participate in, in, in this venture, because at the end of the day, they are, the, these problems end up on the ILAP, and at that point in time, they don't know what to do. But if they were party to uh, having the manufacturers uh, fit our guidelines, I think that, that everybody would be singing from the same hymn book. Very important point. I'll come back to you about that in due course. Now, once again, um, time's flying. It's time to take the break. Um, this is Dr. Gordon Adley, and my guests are Terry De Silva and Alan Major. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in for encouraging and motivational stories every week on Minding Your Business, Living Life Beyond Invisible Barriers. Your host, Dr. David A. Blender, brings together guests from all walks of life who not only have found personal and professional success, but who are committed to help you achieve success. Each week and with each story, we strive to change the world a little bit at a time. Minding Your Business, Living Life Beyond Invisible Barriers is broadcast live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Variety. Very rarely does our news media spotlight some of the good things that are happening in our world. For more of these good stories and the people that are creating them, tune in to Bread for the Journey with Mariana Cacciatore. Whether these good acts stem from personal tragedy or just a desire to help out and make this a better world in which to live, you'll find inspiration in every week's program. Connect with those that are doing something great for a change. Listen for Bread for the Journey, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at mymonami.com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Terry DeSilver and Alan Major. Our topic is home automation, things family caregivers should think about. So I want to ask you both to talk about the things you would like to see done to promote the safety of home automation. You've already mentioned a lot of things, but I just want to sort of tie it up with you um, in such a way that we summarize things. So first of all, Terry, what needs to be done by the information technology industry, you know, the industry that's producing all these things to promote the safety of home automation? Terry? Gordon, I must, I must sound like a broken uh, wheel because I keep coming back to our guidelines. Because there aren't <laughs> any guidelines out there, uh, we feel that, the, that having a set of guidelines or a set of standards is so vitally important. Uh, another way of uh, saying it is use the force, Luke. Use the force, except from Star Wars, for those who don't know it. And the force in, in this particular case are the guidelines. If you have those gui- guidelines, uh, it will be much harder to install equipment or, or have purchase equipment that would not meet the, the safety requirements as, as outlined by it. The, the second part about it is, is have experts uh, check out, out the system, uh, ask valid questions of, uh, about the technology, not only from, from the buyer, but from people who are using the, the, the equipment. Also, keep checking on it from time to time to verify that it is performing 
up to mark, not only from, from its functionality, but from the data aspects of it. Right. Alan, what needs to be done by the health system and health professionals to help family caregivers understand the risks as well as the benefits of home automation? Alan? Well, I think these are uh, a key stakeholder just because, um, you know, health professionals are the number one source that that people turn to when they're seeking information. So these professionals really need to be ready for the questions, the the questions that people are already asking them and, um, you know, help caregivers make the most of of home automation or any other uh, kind of technology with the potential uh, to assist them in caregiving or the potential to cause harm if it's used incorrectly. So, you know, like myself, like many people, I, I really like to be able to rely on my physician to give me the no-nonsense, you know, version of the facts. Uh, you know, whether that's, you know, hey, you know, you really have to finish up those doses of antibiotics or, you know what, that poison ivy has just got to run its course. Like, I, I want somebody who can, you know, give me the same kind of advice about, you know, technology. You know, say, this this is useful. This is not. This is the ca- cases where you might want to use it. This this is the risks you need to be aware of. And I think the, the guideline is a really good step in that direction and you know especially when it starts to get based on a a body of research that you know tells us this is how you know um, it affects outcomes this is how it can contribute to care or or, or cause problems and these are the best practices uh, for how you should use it I think that um, you know understanding that and also you know professionals who are aware of how home automation fits into the potential portfolio of um, care delivery tools and options, I think that that's very, very uh, useful. Terry, last question for you. Same question is going to Alan in a moment. What's your message to family caregivers who are considering home automation? Terry? Gordon, I would tell them all, yes, go for it. Uh, The simple reason is it can take a load off the caregiving burden. Uh, we know that through the use of, of Monomia out in the field, how much, how much it has helped not only the caregiver, but the person being looked after. You know, actually, the Aussies have, have got such nice words for it. The caregivers are called carers, and the people being looked after are called carees. So, uh, so using those two terms, the, the carees have got a new lease on, on uh, life, and so do the people and so do the carers. So technology is wonderful and, and would be uh, if installed properly, used rightly, and checked out, it is a great boon for all concerned. Alan, same message, same question. What's your message to family caregivers who are considering home automation? Well, I, I think this is a really interesting time. I, as I said in the beginning, I'm interested in, you know, technology transformation. And I, and I see a lot of potential here because there's a lot of assumptions about how care in the home uh, is, is actually delivered. And, and, and I think some of those assumptions are starting to change. You know, we're seeing new technologies that can actually have a, a genuine impact on care and caregiving in the home. Uh, you know, it can make people more independent. It can make a home safer or it can, you know, connect people to caregivers in, in new ways. Um, it, it also changes our assumptions of what can be done in a, in a home versus a hospital, bringing more of the tools and solutions to, to address people where, where, where they want to live in their, in, in their homes. And I think um, another thing it does is it really, um, you know, it allows us to, to measure uh, things and collect data that, that medical professionals in some cases have never had access to before. So, you know, while we've been able to collect vital signs, the idea that you can wear a device that, you know, is constantly collecting your vital signs, you know, 24-7 or, you know, recording your movement and gait and activity to try and understand, you know, its, its, its impact or as a metric, a barometer of your health. All of these things are exciting. And, and when you couple that with the fact that these technologies are getting much more affordable for the everyday person, you know, the idea that, you know, a test that used to be done in a laboratory, you know, can now fit in your palm and be bought at, you know, Walmart or something. I, I think it's a, a really great time. And so it, it's also a good time to, to build awareness, I think, of some of the potential, but also uh, to make sure that people have access to the information they need to uh, use those systems um, effectively and uh, appropriately and ethically as well. Now, I'm going to just comment back to you by saying, yes, 
to you both about what you said um, is take account of this. More and more healthcare systems and governments and the rest want to see people cared for at home. Uh, their uh, reasons are simply saving money, just to be very brutal about it, but Nonetheless, people want to be at home and families want to look after their people. And so the idea of technology like home automation that helps them, makes their job easy, easier, that relieves some of the stress for them, that makes them feel that the quality of care that their loved ones are receiving uh, is as good as it possibly can be and perhaps not at least as good as they would get in hospitals and uh, probably a good deal uh, nicer to get in your own home than in a hospital ward. So all of that adds up to the opportunity for home, home automation. But as you both have made very clear, it's got the home automation has got to do the job properly, it's got to do the job reliably, and it's got to do the job safely, which I guess is what... Uh, we are wanting to encourage with the work we're doing with this guideline because we feel that um, the technology is worthwhile and it's important to people who really matter, but the people who really matter are trusting us to get it right so that it's safe and all the rest. So I wish you both every success in what you're doing and I'm going to keep you working on the uh, caregiver guideline. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I want to say thank you to our listeners and I want to say a big thank you to Terry and Alan because you are experts, you are entrepreneurs, you've got a real understanding of the technology, but you nevertheless are making the point that the safety and reliability and all those other things have to be looked after if it's going to be a product, and I'm putting words into your mouth maybe, that you're proud of and feel that you want to sell because it's the kind of thing that you would like to see your own families use or buy if the need ever arose or is arising now. So all of that says go for it. Now, I'm going to unfortunately... Very welcome. Unfortunately, we have to close close the episode, um, but next time we're going to be talking about snoopers and family members' privacy. So to our listeners, please join us, same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.